podcasters, we're back with another episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan, your authority on home, lifestyle and interior design. I'm loving this new theme song. It's part of our new sound, a new look and a new name for the show that you've come to know and love, hosted by interior stylist and award-winning podcaster Lauren Keenan. Now, this episode is sponsored by Goodwin Financial Services, our trusted financial advisors who can help you to achieve your financial goals. This is the second episode in our interview series with six amazing design experts doing amazing things. And today I'm talking to landscape designer Adam Robinson. I do like taking a holistic approach. So, you know, when I see a client rather than saying, where do you want the retaining walls and and where's the paving going? I say, well, who lives here and what's your lifestyle like? So design around their lifestyle. Everyone works so hard these days. So that precious time of being able to retreat and put the phone or the tablet down or get away from the computer and be in your little haven. I mean, that's, that's just so healing in itself. And I think we're starting to appreciate that more and more. Adam is one clever guy. He's a landscape designer, an interior designer, a stylist, and he's also a horticulturalist. So where's a few different hats, huh? That would be an understatement. <laughs> <laughs> but look, amazingly, all of these different roles are connected and he puts them to great use, creating some beautiful outdoor spaces throughout Sydney and across Australia. Nice. Well, I'm keen to hear more. Let's go to Adam in his design studio in Sydney now where you spoke to him and we'll hear what it's like to work with a landscape designer, how he merges interior and exterior design and how he reckons plants can make us all feel a little bit better. It's in today's episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan. Thank you so much for having me in your beautiful studio space. This is amazing. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks for coming in. Do you pinch yourself every day coming to work amongst this nice greenery and all your images on the wall? I do sometimes, yeah. And it's quite often when I drive past, I'm like, wow, look at that studio. It just looks so beautiful. That's where I work. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, it's a joy. How did you originally decide you wanted to be a landscape designer? So I think it started when I was about 16. So it it started more from an interior side, like an an interior design point of view. Um, When I was 16, I pulled the carpet up in my my bedroom, Mm -hmm. sanded the floorboards, polished the floorboards, painted the room. You know, that was back in the late 90s. So I did the sponge effect, oh, wall, feature yeah, wall. Beautiful. Was it in like a lovely apricot tone? or A blue, a, blue. Very, a very light blue. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, and then I didn't have much budget then, so I had nice blow-up furniture. <laughs> but, but I had that experience with, you know, restyling a room, which was fun. So that's quite a commitment then as a 16-year-old to, to embark on a little project like that. It was. It was. My parents fully backed me. You know, they, they helped me out. They didn't have any restrictions, in, you know, in terms of that my bedroom needs to flow into the rest of the room. They just let me have um, creative control. Excellent. <laughs> it's dream client. It, it is a dream client. And then I think that just flowed outside. You know, I got um, – I'm a Sagittarian and Sagittarians mm-hmm. are meant to – have this love for outdoors and, oh, and really? exploring. Yep. And I felt like that was me. So I just played outside and once again with no budget. So I was working with lots of succulents and cuttings and, mm-hmm. you know, cutting things off and um, propagating them in other areas. Yep. Are we talking the age of Google here where you can like look stuff up and work out how to do it or were you just like trial and error? Probably prior to Google. Yeah. Yeah, prior to I Google. I didn't want to make any assumptions about how old you <laughs> <laughs> It's yeah, like, no, it was, it, it was just playing in the garden and my brothers used to tease me for being in the garden. So I actually used to garden while they were 
out of the house. <laughs> Were your mum and dad big green green thumbs or they always spent time in the garden, but I wouldn't I wouldn't call them massive green thumbs. I mean maybe dad more so, but he doesn't really know what anything's called. He just likes to, you know, cut things back and mow the lawns and yep. keep things neat yep. rather than putting too much thought into it. Oh well my dad's a qualified horticulturalist, so he, oh. we always got the um scientific names for things back in the day oh i love that i love that it's ingrained in you still even now i think he's in his 70s and he'll like you know churn out a few little terms here and there and i'll be like sorry what do i ask for when i go to the nursery (laughs) oh that's cute so it's nice to have parents that are yeah have that love outdoors it is it is it is it is we're so influenced by our parents we are so Tell me a bit more about your design philosophy then, because you mentioned interior design. I know you've done some study in interior design as well as the landscape. How did those two worlds merge? How did that all come about? I started off doing landscape construction first, and so I was working on the tools for a landscape company. Worked there for about two years, you know, wasn't, hadn't fully um, emerged into, you know, who I am now. I loved working on site, but the more and more the construction company grew and and more um, construction guys came on board. I just realised that I didn't really fit in on site and there was Mm -hmm. lots of paving and um, cutting stone and wheelbarrowing, you know, soil in and it was quite laboursome. So I went into landscape design and when I finished the landscape construction course and I studied the landscape design one, that that was where I found my people. I was like, oh, my God, I feel like I belong here. Is that because it is more creative and there's concepts more, behind it? And yeah, and there's more flair. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was a joy to be in that class, where the construction class, no one really wanted to be there. Everyone would just copy what I was doing in terms of, like, you know, plant exams and learning the names. You know, they just wanted to get the certificate and, and work on site. Yeah. So the design course was beautiful and the teachers were great. They were inspiring um, Where did you study? At, at Ride Tape. Yeah. yeah, so Diploma in Horticulture yeah. Design. So that was a great course. I finished that and travelled for a few months and then I landed my first design job. And I loved it. I stayed there for 12 months and then I moved um, over across to another company. And then after a few years, I just had this burning desire to study interiors as well. Mm-hmm. Because I guess with my design philosophy, um, I do like taking a holistic approach. So, you know, when I see a client rather than saying, where do you want the retaining walls and, and where's the paving going? I say, well, who lives here and what's your lifestyle like? Yep. So design around their lifestyle. Definitely. Um, and so much of that is choosing the colours to paint the house and choosing the furniture and all the little styly bits that are involved in it. Mm-hmm. So are you talking then, you also sometimes get the opportunity to literally do rooms inside the house or is it more bringing that design element in furniture and stuff into the outside? Yes, exactly, yeah. exactly, more the outside, yeah. yeah. So I never I never cross, the, the only time we will work inside is when we're choosing plants yeah. for inside, which is quite common. I'm interested then, how do you work in then if, the, if these clients have an interior designer and they've got a particular style in mind, obviously you know two professionals same house you need to work together to make it cohesive as you Mm. say how does that process work it's a dream it's a dream i you know these these days every renovation if it hasn't happened already is opening the back of the house out and connecting it to the outdoors yeah 
so it, it makes sense I love working with the interior designer because you just get this beautiful synergy from inside to out and you know there, there is there is a certain style that is created inside with the interiors but also with the architecture and I truly believe that the, that the landscaper's design role is to pull from the interiors and pull from the architecture yep. and that's when you get the beautiful result. It used to be well a lot of people used to think of their outdoor spaces last it was like we're building a new house when we get some more money we'll do the outside yeah. or we're doing a renovation or we'll, we'll think about the outside later yeah. but that kind of seems a bit counterintuitive really doesn't it yeah absolutely given that it's another room in the house essentially and it's something that should be approached as part of the the whole design a hundred percent and in in a climate like ours you know we we all love to entertain we all love to be outside everyone works so hard these days so that that precious time of being able to retreat and put the phone or the tablet down or get away from the computer Mm and be in your little haven yeah. i mean that's that's just so healing in itself and and i think we're starting to appreciate that more and more that sounds like it's a really important part of your sort of philosophy that the therapeutic nature of gardens and and how it can help us health wise it is it is i you know i i have experienced you know i struggle with anxiety myself and it's such a common thing. I mean, it mm. feels like these days everyone's either got anxiety, depression. Yeah. Sad, or isn't both. it? <laughs> yeah. But, you know, that's, that's the way the world is going. And I don't, I don't think it's going to change anytime soon. So I think we're all looking for ways that we can ground. Yeah. And we can, we can reconnect with nature. Yeah. And whether, whether you've got a backyard or whether it's a courtyard or whether it's a balcony, you can still have some form of connection. Yeah. With Put the nature. phone away and get a book or a cup of tea and yeah, or tend to the garden. Yep. You know, dirty hands, clean mind. Yeah, that's a good one. Haven't heard that one it before. Is, it is a good one. <laughs> you know, I and and I know myself. I mean, being a landscape designer, I don't spend a lot of time in the garden, and I live in an in an apartment myself. But I do have pots. But when I go to my parents' place to catch up with them, if I go over for lunch or if we go to a cafe it's such a different experience compared to when i will go over and we'll all work in the garden yeah we all feel so much more grounded the conversation is uh, a lot more loose and open and flows um and you and you feel you like you feel so different after is that because you kind of just get caught up in what you're doing and so instead of focusing on you know the thoughts in your head you're focusing on what you're doing with your hands and and how you're shaping what you're doing 100 percent, 100 percent. i i think it's it's so simple but it's it makes such an impact and you know being able to have a backyard or have an outdoor space and bring the kids out and and spend time with them rather than pushing them into the media room or you know whatever it is you know it's huge for mental health going back to working with other professionals in terms of a, a large project when is the best time for a client to engage you as the landscape designer is it best for you to be involved from the get-go so you can know what the sort of the scope of the project is and what the look's going to be but when's the best time for you to get involved if it's not from the get-go which is ideal because yeah. you may as well do it earlier than later yeah. at the interior designers concept stage yeah because there's you know you can pull bench tops outside you can pull tones out tones outside and materials and sometimes you know we as a landscape designer might have some great thoughts for outside which the interior designer can pull inside mm-hmm. 
So the the earlier you can both work together, you know, the, the better. Yeah, the better um, end result. I can see. I saw on your website when I was preparing for this. You've just you've worked on some amazing properties. Mm, thank you. What's your favourite type of project to work on? Favourite type of project is when the client hands over creative control to us completely. <laughs> Don't we all love that? Yeah. <laughs> When they're like interested enough to want to know what you're doing, but don't want to be involved in any of the decision making. I know it's quite funny, it's isn't very it? Rare. Yeah. I mean, obviously, from an from a end project uh, look satisfaction point of view, that's that's when it looks the best because everything has been considered. Like I love that. I, I love when we can choose the colours to paint the house. I love yeah. that we can put pergolas in. Yeah. We can put the pool in, and we can choose the, the, the tiles that are tiled inside yeah. the pool do the lighting the furniture i mean it's the dream client yeah how do you deal with clients who go rogue what do you mean rogue well i you know sometimes i have um <laughs> i have clients who are lovely and we come, come up with an amazing scheme for them and then they'll go shopping on their by themselves oh um, yeah we don't like those ones no. no well we do still like them but it is hard isn't it when you've as the professional you've got a particular vision in mind and you know once it's executed it'll be amazing yeah and it's kind of obviously you know you're working with other human beings so yeah and it's their house so you've kind of got to work in with that you do you do i'm so honest with my clients i'm i'm, I'm look, look don't don't go anywhere don't go me. shopping for anything <laughs> or if you do you know because they get excited about yeah, the project which right. is fair enough yeah. i would too yeah but i said you know i will come to the showroom or send me text message of, of photos that you're looking yeah. at and then we can tick tick tack back and forth and you know i can be the reference point and we can make sure that it's going to work cohesively the right with the design yeah, yeah. Definitely. absolutely but it's always interesting when you have someone saying you know and it's quite common Oh, I've got this, you know, I've got this red bench that was passed down from my grandmother and I'd really like to work it in the design. You know, I love working that in because I think it's so important to have those pieces mm. of... Um, of meaning to them. Yeah. That add meaning to them, yeah. I, I, you know, otherwise it can feel like a bit of a display suite sometimes. Yeah. Um, yeah, but when it's really tragic, it can be a little bit hard. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it goes around the corner. Is it harder to work on a project in a really large space or a really small space? The smaller spaces are generally a lot harder because like a terrace home, you know, the client might say, okay, you know, we're wanting to fit some lounging, some dining. We need somewhere to store things because, you know, as we know, terraces don't have storage and we want a barbecue. So just a few things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So every every square inch needs to be considered and thought through. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you're thinking about multi-use in every way possible. So, yeah. so the smaller spaces are definitely harder. And then on the other end of the spectrum, if you're working with a large space, what can be some of the challenges that you would experience in that kind of scenario? Yeah, sometimes clients won't have much of a brief. So they might they might say, oh, look, it's such a big space. I don't know what to do. And so, therefore, I'm asking them some nice open-ended questions to try and get them talking, like, okay, how do you think the family would use the space? You know, would a fire pit work? Would a water feature work? Because we need, you know, we need things to do in this backyard. Mm. And you always need a reason to step off the entertaining area. If if it's a large property, you need focal points or destination areas to be drawn to Mm -hmm. so you use the yard. Yeah, to break up the space. Yeah. Do you think then there's a misconception or a little bit of a misconception about landscape designers that 
they're just the people who pick the plants yes. and, um, you know, build me a deck over yes. there. And, and I mean, it seems so much more than that. How do you overcome that misconception? Um, and just maybe explain a little bit more about how it is so much more than that. Yes. Yes. It's so much more than that. And, and I've noticed that's, that's evolved. You know, I've been, I've been designing, I've, I've had my business eight years and I've been designing maybe about 12 years and that, that has uh, evolved, you know, e- even in my career. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I think I think people like Jamie Jury have have done wonders yeah. for things like that with his whole outdoor room yeah. um, scenario. Do you think reality TV's played a part in that? Uh, yeah, look, I would I would say it probably has. Like Just the from blocks, an education kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the block and a lot of those shows they do almost focus on the styling mm, yeah like the the actual designs themselves are pretty dismal <laughs> but 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 they concentrate on you know trying to put so many bits and pieces in there Formal function yeah yeah <laughs> absolutely just distract the eye over here and no one will notice that we've forgotten to do this really yeah yeah. yeah yeah but i feel like i kind of get around that by our portfolio yeah so everything in our portfolio it always has furniture it always has styling and in the first consultation with the client i'm, I'm talking furniture i'm you know i'm talking cushions and how they use the space mm. just to get them thinking in broader terms and also from a budget point of view you know once you actually install the bones of the garden it's costly to bring in the furniture and, yeah. the, and the screens and the mirrors and the mm. pots so if you can get the client thinking about that from the word go, yeah. then you can include that in the um, whole budget. Yeah. Someone's got a, a beautiful semi-detached house and mm. they've got a you know, reasonably sized backyard and they want to do something amazing. How, how long does that process take? Um, because I think not all clients are aware of how some people think that you can you know well, backyard blitz do it in a weekend out, you know in two weeks and it's just it's not really feasible is it no it's not feasible at all yeah. and the devil's in the detail yeah. you know fail to plan plan to fail the design process itself you know that takes mm. about eight weeks yeah. because we need to um you know come up with the creative side of it present that to the to the client the client needs time to sit on that and digest everything come back with some comments and questions yeah. and then we finalize so there's you know eight weeks roughly in the design and then the installation definitely takes time because there's certain things like if you if you're doing a concrete like a polished concrete bench top on the barbecue the actual framework needs to be constructed first and then and then the bench top guys come in and measure that up and then it's four to six weeks for that. So there's, yeah, things take time. It, it definitely task, really. it is. Yeah. It's, it's a client management thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that Adam has so much fun with his work and he sounds like he really loves it. We'll have more with him shortly. But first, whether you're investing in landscape design or maybe saving for an investment outside of the family home, you need to be confident that you're managing your money properly so that you can make the most of all of your efforts. And sometimes it really helps to get some advice from the experts. We've been working with Goodwin Financial Services in Sydney for a few years now and they've helped us to plan for our financial future and protect what we're building. And they can help you too with things like budgeting, making the most of superannuation, choosing the right investment strategy and protecting you and your family. So if you're looking for someone who you can trust to help you achieve your financial goals, Lauren and I can recommend Goodwin Financial Services to look after you as well. Just search Goodwin Financial Services Sydney and ask for Luke. 
Just remember this is not financial advice and it doesn't take into account the objective situation or needs of any particular person. You need to consider your own financial situation before you make any decisions based on this information. Now, we have got a big back catalogue of episodes with everything from tips to help you create the perfect home through to interviews with experts and other inspiring people all about their homes and their work. You're like Jamie Jury, who's currently featuring on Channel 7's House Rules, but of course, he was big back in the day on Channel 9 and on US TV, where he was a regular with Oprah. But not everything went smoothly, especially when some things got lost in translation. In America, you say bathing room because bathroom means a very different thing over there. Um, we call that a dunny. <laughs> and some other things too, but we won't go there. Yeah. I'll never forget the first time we went on Oprah. Um, I said to her, oh, we're really great with pot plants over in Australia. And she goes, uh, Jamie, you're an American now. We call them um, container plants, not pot. Don't use the word pot. That's another thing. <laughs> That's a whole other thing over there. So anyway, so I learned a lot of faux pas in my time with her, which was great. It's still funny, right? It is still funny. He was good value, and you can go back and listen to that whole chat or check out some of the clips on Lauren's YouTube channel. But now from one landscape designer back to another and Adam Robinson, who Lauren has been talking with in Sydney, where we continue the chat about the power of plants. And just like I do with my clients for the interior of the home, Adam says you can use plants to create a concept and tell specific stories about you and your outdoor space. Mm, so much so, so much so, probably more than what people realise. For example, with plant form and plant texture, mm-hmm. you know, we all know that there's the lovely, lovely succulents and yuccas, which were quite popular, and all those really architectural plants, mm-hmm. which are quite rigid, yeah. um, can often be a little bit spiky. And then on the other scale, there's um, plants like grasses and bamboos and lighter plants, which will catch the breeze and, and blow in the wind. Both of those plants have completely different um, personalities to them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, plants plants are huge. Plants can definitely yeah. tell that story. Do you see them as the the star attraction or are they just one ingredient in the overall success of a design? I think the plants are crucial. There's um it's I I, I really think it's just as important important to get the bones of the garden right and then the plants they they soften those bones but they also tell a huge part of the story. Mm-hmm. No, plants are plant. Plant choice and plant selection are crucial. How do you go about um, teaching clients how to look after the garden once you've designed it? Because in the interior space, I'm there on the day I install it. I'm like, this is how it looks its best, and they can like take a photo. And there's nothing yeah. that they necessarily have to keep alive to <laughs> keep it looking beautiful. But how? You know, our gardens are a completely different scenario. How does how do you work that in? Well, I I generally get them to get a maintenance contract yeah. involved because they might have all these uh, great expectations. Oh, you know, don't put an irrigation system in. And you know, I love I love getting out there and and watering the plants. It gets <laughs> do, cold. Do it gets cold in winter. We all get busy. Life gets in the way. Five o'clock. <laughs> Exactly. Um, no, I I push a maintenance contract on them. I think it's so crucial. You know, if, if the plants are doing well, 
it just makes the garden look so much more complete and you know clean and looked after it doesn't have to be every week or every fortnight it might be once or twice a season mm-hmm. and then the client can you know pick a few weeds and do a little bit of cutting back yeah but then the maintenance people can come in and do the horticultural things which they might not be as educated or have as much interest in yeah are there trends in gardens as there yeah. are in interiors and um, are clients aware of that or is that something that you drive as the designer I think the designer definitely drives that because clients clients can sometimes where they're up to in terms of trends might be a little bit further back because that's what they're seeing in you know in Pinterest mag- and, yeah. yeah but then some clients are quite up to date with it so, so they will they will kind of push you in in certain ways as well mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's definitely trends in gardens, absolutely. So, trend- what would you say is a trend now? And do you do you like to design to trends, or do you try and avoid it? Oh, look, I think we all just design to trends in in some kind of way. Gardens, I mean, there's there's trends in garden, but they're not as fierce as in, as interiors, yeah. because gardens are pretty timeless and classic. Yeah. Um, Interiors are just fly by night in one day out the next. <laughs> like fashion. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. And so tell me what's next for your design studio. Anything exciting on the horizon that you can share with us? Mm, absolutely. So I collaborated with Garden Life. Oh, wow. Um, love that shop. About a year and a half ago. Uh-huh. So do I. I always love it. And I really get along with Richard and all the guys there. Mm-hmm. So I collaborated with them just over 12 months ago to do um, a range of pots. So it was a design collaboration with Richard and I. Mm-hmm. And those That's pots, Richard Unsworth in case. Richard Unsworth, yep. yeah. Yep. And those pots, they're called Moderno ARD. They're a timeless classic design, but it, you know, with a contemporary spin. Mm-hmm. And they've just sold so well, wow. you know. What, mater- what materials do they use? Uh, so it's like a lightweight fibre cement. Yeah material yep. with with like a soft gray mm-hmm. and then a soft white as well like a ivory kind of white um and they're beautiful because they're they're, they're clean in their form and, and they just work in so many spaces so since then i've i've been working with lots of other lots of other suppliers and manufacturers does um, that excite you to be able to have control at that level almost and and before you even start designing something you you know creating the product that's going to be used Oh my god, yeah. it feeds my soul. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. So, so we've got some beautiful pots, some screens, some mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, you and know, this is I all with Garden Life, or no, this no, is with, 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 yeah. with some other suppliers. Yeah, yeah I'll wait till they're um, no. Yeah, stay tuned for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So, so lots more product. Yep. Lots more product. Amazing. Yeah, and, which is um, exciting. I mean, things like pots, especially in, in Sydney, in urban sort of environments, when people just have balconies or rooftops, not heaps of space, you know, to have a beautiful pot, it's almost like another piece of furniture in the space. It is. It yeah. is. And indoor and, and out. Like, all of all of the product that we're doing, they're, they're very much indoor-outdoor because they, you know, they can be pulled inside or they can be used outside. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of, um, lots of scope. I saw on your website that you have a publication that you bring out. I'm not mm. sure how often does that come out, and what's it called? So it's called Handle, mm-hmm. and it is yeah, it's a um, it's it's our self-produced publication. Uh, it's online and also in print. 
um, and it comes out twice a year, mm-hmm. and it's a beautiful, large, broadsheet magazine, newspaper yeah. kind of feel. Isn't it nice to have something to touch as well? Absolutely. I like looking at things online as well, but it is nice to have something in your hands. Yeah, because you can take it out into the garden or onto yeah. the veranda or onto yeah. the lounge and actually Flip go through. over it, yeah. yeah, and, you know, disconnect mm. from technology. Yeah, it's been it's been great. We've had really good feedback about this. It's it's been a really nice way of um, clients to connect with our brand in you know a much softer way without looking mm-hmm. on a website. Yep. And we also have lots of um, industry um, information in there. It's it's not just about us. It's not just about ARD. Yep. So, so there's some beautiful stories. Like in in the first one, there was this great story of. Um, how the Aboriginals used to backburn the land and just how wrong we are getting it now. Mm-hmm. And, and this Aboriginal guy who has been told these stories over the years actually went and spoke to the, to the fire brigades and just said, guys, I just want you to listen to what I'm saying. And these these fire brigades saw saw the worth in his stories, and and they are now working with him to use some of those principles that the Aboriginals used to. Be. It's so it's such a beautiful story. How did you come across that story? Um, I went to this talk. Um, I can't re- I can't remember where it was, but there's this beautiful book that I also can't remember the name. Yeah, I'm a little bit vague in that kind That's of area. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh, that's amazing. It's, it's like you said. It's just nice to um, let clients or potential clients have something that they can flip through and see your work rather than just sitting in front of a screen, which kind of fits in with the principles that we were talking about earlier about you know, disconnecting from all that. And yeah. Different. Yeah. Yeah. And we talk about products. Like we talk about different, different kind of pots and materials that are on trend. Um, and, and they're from all different kinds of suppliers. Yeah. So, we, so we pull the industry into it yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. I'll have to post you a copy. I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Last question. Do you have a favourite plant? Or is that like asking you know, a mother of five, does she have a favourite child? No, I do have a favourite plant. I, I have this real connection with a Japanese windflower. What does that look like? So it's a beautiful perennial plant that flowers in autumn. Mm -hmm. And I think that in itself is really beautiful because autumn, you know, things are normally dying off and that's when we cut back everything. But it starts to flower in autumn and the the seed head itself, the the flower is probably about maybe 800 tall. So it it stands out quite tall. Mm -hmm. And it's the classic flower. It's got the yellow circle in the middle with the white petals. And it's just pretty, it's dainty, and even when the flower finishes, you're kind of left with this delicate seed head. Beautiful. And is that something that people, do you, do you need to plant that in the ground, or can you plant it in a pot? I've never seen it planted in a pot, you know. I think it's more of a ground yeah. plant. Yeah, it, it, is, it is one of those plants that it's not looking pretty all year mm-hmm. round. You kind of do cut it back quite hard. Yeah in winter mm-hmm. but then in spring you know you get this beautiful get um, green green leaves and then autumn you get the flowers amazing yeah it's very it's very woodlands sounds good yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that was great thanks adam was there anything else that you wanted to cover off that we haven't talked about or explore more or we're starting to in a lot of our material that we're doing across the blog across handle um, across the language we use on the website with our clients where we are bringing in this this beautiful um, therapeutic angle to the business. Mm-hmm. 
Um, one because it's you know it's it's something that I hold close to myself, and I have you know and I've seen um, benefits in my own life. You know, because getting back to that mental health or, or, or just that general well-being, outdoor spaces and having that connection with garden, it it, it is so crucial for us all. I, I think as Aussies, it's in our day, in our DNA to get some outdoor time. Yes, yeah. to get some outdoor time, and you know, with, there's lots of vertical living these days and and we are disconnecting more and more with nature as the city grows and and blocks are getting smaller so we are showing people and encouraging people how to reconnect with nature and is that something that you would like your practice to really become known for that therapeutic angle and for clients to to be coming to you because they know that that's something that you're known for absolutely absolutely and and it's something that that I myself am learning more and more each day. Like, like there's this there's this inc- incredible organisation called Cultivate New South Wales. Mm-hmm. It's a non for profit. They are about bringing health and well being to people through gardens and natural environments. Yeah. So we're a corporate sponsor for them, and we love to be involved with them because what they're doing is is just incredible work. So sorry, what are they called, and where can people find them? Cultivate New South Wales, yeah. If you just Google Google them, that yep. they have a beautiful website. Lots of events that, that you can um, be involved in as a volunteer. Or and so, when's your next trip? Your mum and dad still got a big garden that you can go and, and tinker in, or they do. You do. They, they do, and it's and and it's getting to that time. It's autumn. There's this great row of plants up the back um, on the northern side, but when they grow too big, it blocks the northern light. So it's that time of the year to get the so you're gonna, shears out. You'll get the phone call soon. Yeah. <laughs> Come and help. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And it's nice. It's a chance to connect with mum and dad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, it was lovely to talk to you today. And yeah, thanks so much. I've learnt a lot by chatting to you. So um, yeah, thank you. That's very kind of you. Thanks, Lauren. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Isn't it great that he still has that connection with nature? He still gets in and does get his hands dirty. And I love that he still loves working with his mum and dad. I left that interview feeling so inspired by Adam and he's just got such an obvious passion for what he does and I'm, I'm really feeling like this is a, a theme that's coming across in all these interviews these people that are really successful are passionate about what they do. Yeah absolutely and it was so good hearing him talk about the power of plants even relating to things like mental health like you can have a nice looking garden but if you can have a, a garden that you can connect with and be in touch with it's it's a way to kind of relax your mind as, as well as um, have something beautiful to look at. Yeah I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it because you know when you get out and about in nature you do you feel better within yourself and being able to bring that into your own home I think it's really important and and he really believes in that well there's more in store as we bring you our interviews with six amazing design experts doing amazing things and coming up on the next episode we talk to Deborah Mott who's the owner and creative director of Australian homewares brand Zakia selling handmade homewares around the world we sell to the Middle East to Qatar and to Doha and a lot of European countries Singapore like into the US as well because so. I noticed when I did an Instagram search for the hashtag Zakia homewares um, yeah people were posting from here there and everywhere so yeah the reach has really gone gone around the globe hasn't it yeah it's wonderful it's a beautiful you know sort of 
story, the Zakia story. I've been a huge fan of Zakia homewares for quite a few years now. Anybody who's listened to any of our back catalogue has probably heard me bang on about this brand. We've got them in our numerous home. times. I do use them in so many clients' homes, and what I find is that so many of their pieces just complement lots of different interior styles. So they're really versatile. What do you like about the stuff that they do? I like the handmade nature of it. I don't like things to be too sleek and perfect. Yeah. I like to know that you know someone's made this with their with their hands. So there's slight imperfections. That's probably what I love most about it. It's really accessible design. It's a really good price point, but they're beautiful pieces that you'll have for a long time. And Deborah's really interesting because she's a creative person that recently bought this business, and she's going to tell us about what's next for the brand and how she's taking it to the next level. And don't forget, you can contact Lauren at any time if you want to collaborate with Lauren on a product or perhaps an online giveaway. If you've got an idea for our podcast, or if you want Lauren to come and work with you to help you create the perfect home, you can check out her work online now at Lauren Keenan Home on Instagram, or her portfolio of work is available on the website laurenkeenan.com.au. And that's the show today. Thanks to Goodwin Financial Services, our trusted financial advisors who can help you achieve your financial goals. Thanks so much for listening and we'll catch you soon on another episode of At Home with Lauren Keenan. See you guys. Bye.